in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit one God Amen we will study tonight chapter 9 from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians St. Paul addressed many problems in the church of Corinth and one of the problems was a question about whether they should eat the meat that was offered to the idols or not and St. Paul actually to answer this question he started by explaining that this question can be answered based on knowledge or based on love based on knowledge we know that the idol is nothing so nothing wrong in eating the meat that's offered to the idols because idols are nothing <coughs> but based on love if I eat the meat that's offered to the idol I may offend my weak brother and offending my brother may lead to his destruction so although I am free in Christ and I have this freedom in Christ that I can eat this meat but because of the law of love I will restrain my freedom in order not to offend my weak brother and after St. Paul established this rule in chapter 8 that improper exercise of liberty may lead to the destruction of my weak brother in chapter 9 St. Paul used himself and, as an example and he illustrated to them how he himself was willing to give up some of his freedoms in Christ in order to win and to gain every soul to Christ and also for the promotion of the gospel of Christ and he gives them some examples for example he had the right to have wife he had the right to be supported by the churches but he freely chose not to exercise these rights again he gave up this freedom he gave up his rights in order to promote the gospel of Christ and also in order to win and gain every soul 
to Christ. And he concluded the chapter by coming into this realization. Self-control and self-restraint was a necessary quality to assure one's salvation. So although we have this freedom, but we need to discipline ourselves and to develop self-control and self-restraint, otherwise maybe our salvation will be at risk. This is actually the summary of chapter 9, and now we'll start reading it verse by verse. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? St. Paul started by asking some questions. And the reason he asked these questions in order to set an example before the church in Corinth how he denied himself how he exercised self-denial for the benefit of others to encourage them to exercise self-denial and to give up their rights for example the right to eat uh, this meat that was offered to the idols in order not to offend their weak brethren as he said if uh, eating this meat will offend my brother I will not eat meat as the world stands but also there was another reason why he started by asking this question am I not an apostle am I not free have I not seen Jesus Christ etc because some of the Judaizers who are the Judaizers? Judaizers are those Christians from Jewish background who said that you cannot be saved unless you keep the whole law of Moses. So they were promoting the law of Moses like circumcision, sacrifices, etc., as conditions for salvation. So the Judaizers actually belittled the authority of St. Paul and they said he didn't see the Lord Jesus Christ while the Lord was alive like Peter, like James, like Andrew, like John. That's why they said he is not a real apostle. But St. Paul said, am I not an apostle? Of course I am apostle. Why? Because I have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord appeared to me on the road to Damascus. Am I not free? No. The Lord Jesus Christ has set me free. So now I am free. I have this liberty in Christ. 
And because I have seen the Lord Jesus Christ, now I can witness to his resurrection. I can preach his resurrection. And he preached the church in Corinth. That's why he told them, Are you not my work in the Lord? I preached you and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his resurrection. So actually, the existence of the church at Corinth, founded by St. Paul, proved that he was an apostle. Verse 2. If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. Why? Apostle means a, a, a person who is carrying an epistle, a person who is carrying a message. And he carried the message of salvation. He, he delivered the good news of salvation and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to church at Corinth. So, if he was not an apostle to others, but he is an apostle to the church at Corinth, because he preaches them the good news of salvation and the resurrection of the Lord. That's why he told them in verse 2, For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. You are the seal means, my answer to them who examine my apostleship is that you are the seal of mine apostleship. The fact that there is a church at Corinth, this fact testifies for my apostleship. Verse 3, my defense to those who examine me is this. Those who examine him, he means the Judaizers, who were belittling his apostleship. So that's his defense. Verse 4. Do we have no right to eat and drink? St. Paul from verse uh, 4 started to mention his rights as an apostle. But he gave up all these rights. So the first right to be supported by the church. When he said, do we have no right to eat and drink? He means, do we have the right to live at the charges of the church we have founded? If we preach it to you spiritual things, it's not that much to ask you for carnal things, to support me. So that's the first right. The second right, in verse 5, do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord, and Kephas? He spoke about another right. St. Paul was a celibate, but he said, do we have no right to have a believing wife? Actually, all all the apostles except St. John, the beloved, were married. Kephas, that's St. Peter, the brothers of the Lord. There are two explanations for the brother of the Lord. Either his cousins, uh, the children of Mary, 
the sister of Saint Mary or another opinion says that Joseph the carpenter was a widow and the brothers of the Lord were the children of Joseph from a previous message but the church support more the first opinion that uh, the brothers of the Lord are his cousins the children of Mary the sister of Saint Mary so he said all other apostles uh, <coughs> were married except John the beloved so we also have this right to be married but we give up this right verse 6 or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working he spoke about a third thing here because they did not receive any support from the churches that's why Barnabas and, and Paul worked by their own hands and supported themselves so beside preaching the gospel of Christ they were working St. Paul was working as tent makers in order to support himself other apostles were supported by the church that's why he said is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from uh, working that's why St. Paul is telling them I give my rights I give my rights in order not <coughs> to offend the weak brethren and he is setting an example for us to give up our rights to self to live in self-denial in order to win everybody for Christ and St. Paul from verse 7 start to make an argument that nothing wrong if he is supported by the church the human law dictates this and also the divine law encourages this that the servant of the gospel should be supported by the church so although the human law and the divine law supported this but St. Paul chose not to exercise this right so in verse 7 he gave the example of the soldier by saying whoever goes to war at his own expense so he's saying soldiers were paid while on a campaign but he and Barnabas who are the soldiers of Christ were not paid they supported themselves he said nobody not a soldier go to war and he supports himself so if we are the soldiers of Christ why the church doesn't support us then he gave another example the example of the farmer who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit so the farmer eats of the vineyard and Paul and Barnabas working at the vineyard of the Lord 
So nothing wrong if they ate from the vineyard of the Lord, if they are supported by the church. And the third example, the example of the shepherd. Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? So the shepherd who feeds the flock drinks of its milk. And Paul and Barnabas, they were shepherds of the church of God. They fed the flock of God, but they were not supported by the church. So St. Paul gives them three examples from life. The example of the soldier, the example of the farmer, and the example of the shepherd. Verse 8, Do I say these things as mere men? So he's saying, are these only human examples? Is there a divine law regulating this or not? So he says in verse 8, or does not the law say the same also? So he is saying, I am speaking this not merely according to the human judgment, but also with the sanction of the divine law. Even God in his economy planned that the servant of the church should be supported by the church. And he gave them the example from the law of Moses. In verse 9 he said, For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it trades out the grain. So, this verse from Deuteronomy, chapter 25, verse 4. So God actually saying, If there is an ox, uh, trading out the grain don't muzzle this ox why? to let him eat from the grain to let him eat from the grain and then St. Paul is saying is it oxen God is concerned about? definitely God cares for the lower animals but the, the animal here is not the ultimate object for whose sake this commandment was given. But this commandment was given as an example. So, if God asking us to deal in such a way with the lower animals, how much more God wants us to deal with the human being who are the head and the crown of the animal creation. That's why when St. Paul said, is it oxen God is concerned about? He doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the lower animal. But he meant that it is with the ultimate aim of the welfare of man, the head of animal creation. So God gave this commandment so that we may learn from this commandment how to take care of the servants of the gospel. That's why in verse 10 he said, Or does he say, does he say it altogether for our sake? 
So this commandment about the animal were given actually for our sake and for our benefit. And he confirms for our sakes no doubt. There is no doubt that this commandment was given for our sake. For our sakes no doubt this is written that he who plows should plow in hope and he who threshed in hope should be partaker of, of his hope. So the lesson that we learn from the commandment in Deuteronomy chapter 25 about the ox who is trading out the grain that whoever plows ought to plow in hope of reaping and who threshed he should do this in order to eat of the fruit of his labor in the same way the servants of the gospel those who labor to promote the gospel of Christ to establish the churches should also be supported by the churches should be partaker of the same hope in verse 11 he is using another argument by saying if we have sown spiritual things so now he is like a farmer planting the seeds of spiritual things for you is it a great thing if we reap your material things spiritual things he means preaching the gospel so he is saying if we preach the gospel to you is it a great thing that you support us financially that you provide for our material needs apparently the church at Corinth supported other apostles so in verse 12 he told them if others are partaker of this right over you if you supported other apostles who did not preach you if you supported other apostles who did not preach you are we not even more and St. Paul here is establishing a very very important rule because many people think of supporting other churches than the church that is serving them and here St. Paul said if you support other churches that are not serving them much more you need to support your own church that is serving you that's why if you study carefully the scripture about the law of tithes tithes should be given to the local church the church that serve you as St. Paul says you cannot just support others and those who are serving you you do not support if you support others if others are partaker of this right over you are we not who preach the gospel to you who are serving you are we not even more nevertheless we have not used this right so although this is his right to be supported by the church he didn't use this right so he is setting himself as an example of self-denial but endure all things 
lest we enter the gospel of Christ. He endured all things. Means what? He labored by his hand. He worked by his hand in order to support himself, lest he offend the weak brethren, lest this may hinder the gospel of Christ. So he had supported himself, lest he should hinder the gospel by giving an occasion of offense to anybody. And St. Paul, maybe somebody will argue St. Paul, and you tell him, but you didn't give me a direct verse about that the servants of the gospel should be supported by the temple. You just give me an example about the ox and the verse that says, don't muddle uh, the ox. But I want clear verse about supporting the servants of God from the temple. That's why in verse 13, he starts to answer this uh, objection by saying, Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple? He is referring here to the sacrifices in the Old Testament. Usually, uh, when people offered sacrifices to the temple, part of the sacrifice was offered on the altar and the other part was given to the priest. So the priest and the Levites were sustained by the temple offering, were supported by the temple offering because part of the sacrifice was consumed on the altar and a part was awarded to the priests. So he told them here, do you not know that those who minister, the priests and Levites, those who minister the holy things, the holy sacrifices of the Old Testament, eat of the things of the temple, eat of these sacrifices, and those who serve at the altar, the burnt offering altar, partake of the offering of the altar. So he brought to them uh, evidence from the book of Levites, uh, uh, the book of Levit Leviticus, in which God, uh, when he explained the rituals of the sacrifices to Moses, he make it very clear that the priests and the Levites eat from these offerings. Verse 14, Even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ made this commandment very clear, as we read it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor copper in your money belt, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunic, nor sandals, nor staffs. Why? For a worker is worthy of his food. So the Lord said to the disciples, When you go and preach the gospel, don't carry money with you. Why? Because the worker is worthy 
of his food. So St. Paul actually was referring to this verse. That even the Lord Jesus Christ instructed the apostles not to carry money with them, money belts with them, because the worker is worthy of his food. Verse 15 But I have used none of these things. Again, St. Paul says, After I proved to you from the human law, from the Mosaic law, from the law of our Lord Jesus Christ, the New Testament law, after I proved to you that it is our right to be supported by the church, but we never used this right. So again, St. Paul here is making his argument clear. Although I am free to use this right, but I am giving up my right. Why? Lest I hinder the gospel of Christ. In the same way, I want you to give up your rights if this right would offend your brother. If eating the meat that's offered to the idol, if this is your right, but I want you to give up this right not to offend uh, your weak brother. We can apply this, for example, drinking alcohol. As you know, Christianity does not prohibit the use of the substance, but prohibit the abuse of the substance. So some people say, nothing wrong in drinking alcohol. Yes, if you want to answer this question, by knowledge, yes, nothing wrong in drinking alcohol, as long as you will not abuse it. But, if you are going to answer this question, not according to the knowledge, but according to the law of love, although this is my right, but I will give up this right in order not to offend my weak brother. Because if my weak brother saw me drinking, and then he started to drink and he abused the substance and ended up addict or alcoholic and then he perished because of this then actually my freedom, my liberty uh, I abused it and I offended my brother and I led him to destruction that's why it is better for me to give up my rights and my freedom lest I hinder the gospel of Christ. That's the message that St. Paul is trying to say here. But I have used none of these things, verse 15, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me. He's saying, I didn't use these rights. And also, don't think that I'm writing this now to convince you that you should support me. No, I'm not expecting this at all. So, I, I'm not willing to change my decision that I will give up this right. And actually he said a very, very strong statement here in verse 15, when he said, For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. So, he said, it's better me to die than actually to receive support from the church because if I start receiving support from the church 
Actually, I will make my boasting void. What does he mean by making his boasting void? St. Paul explains this in verse 16. He said, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. St. Paul is saying, I am a servant of the Lord. I am a steward. God actually entrusted me with this stewardship. He gave me the gift of apostle, apostleship in order to establish churches. So, my preaching, because I am the servant of Christ, I am under necessity as a servant of Christ. I am under obligation as a servant of Christ. So I, can, I cannot say I am boasting because I am preaching the gospel. Actually, it is the opposite. Woe upon me if I do not obey the commission of the Lord. But if St. Paul refused to be supported by the church, although he has the right to be supported by the church, then he can boast. Like for example, if you work and then you get salary, you cannot boast because you are working. They pay you for this work. But actually, if you volunteered your work and you are working and receiving no salary, then actually you can boast here that you are doing something. Boasting here, boasting before God, not before men. So St. Paul said, if I am serving, if I am preaching the gospel, it is a necessity laid upon me as a steward, as an apostle. And because it is a necessity, then I cannot boast. If you have a servant, if you have a maid, and you ask him to do something, he cannot boast. He just obeyed the order of the master. But if he does these things without receiving a reward, or while giving up his rights, then actually he can boast. That's what St. Paul is saying here. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, if I preach the gospel willingly, willingly means without receiving support, without being paid. If I do this willingly, I have reward. But if against my wealth, by accepting support, I have been entrusted with the stewardship. So God entrusts me with stewardship. I'm doing my job. I'm doing my calling. And actually, I am receiving a reward uh, in, 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 in return. So, in verse 18, St. Paul is saying, now I give up my right so 
I, I, I gain a heavenly reward. What is my reward then? What is my reward then? Now I refused the earthly reward. I refused to be supported by the church. What's my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without a charge. That I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. So he's saying, I decided and I refused support from the churches. Although I have the right to do this, why I refuse support from the churches? So that uh, I will make the gospel of Christ without a charge. As I received it freely, I am giving it freely. Freely you receive, freely you give. And when he used the word abuse here, that I may not abuse my authority, although I have the authority to eat and to drink and to be supported, but I refused to use this authority. I gave up my right in order to make the gospel of Christ without charge. So, in this 18 verses, St. Paul actually set a very, very good example of self-denial. How a person should deny himself. How a person should give up his right, his liberty in Christ, his freedom, in order actually to save others. From, from verse 19 to 23, he's speaking about another, the goal why he is giving up his right to serve all men. To bring every man to the obedience of Christ. To win every soul for Christ. That's why it started by saying, For though I am free from all men, although Christ has set me free, and because I'm free, I can use my rights to have a believing wife, to be supported by the church, to eat from the meat that's offered to the idols. I am free to do all these things. But I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. So, I am giving up my freedom. I'm giving up my rights. Actually, I became weak to the weak in order to win the more to the kingdom of God. I denied myself in order to win more people to the kingdom of Christ. And from verse 20 he gave examples how he uh, enslaved himself to everybody. He said, To the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. So with the Jews, he left as a Jew in order to reach them. He observed their distinction of means. He kept their feasts. He circumcised Timothy, for example. So he behaved like a Jew in certain uh, uh, instances in order to win the Jews not to offend them but to win them to those who are under the law 
as under the law. He observed the law to reach those who kept the law. He observed the law to reach those who kept the law. That I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21. To those who are without law, like the Gentiles, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. So he's saying, to them who are without law, like the Gentiles, I acted as if I am without law, although I am abiding by the law of Christ, although in the sight of God I am keeping His law. But without law here, he refers to the law of Moses. I did not force the law of Moses on the Gentiles. I did not ask the Gentiles to keep the law of Moses. So he spoke to the Gentiles from a Gentile standpoint. As you read his discourse in Acts chapter 17 when he was in Athens and he went to Arius Bags. To the weak, I became as weak. To the weak who are offended by eating the meat that offered to the idols, I acted as a weak. Although as a strong man I know idol is nothing, and eating this meat is nothing. But I acted as a weak, and I refused to eat this meat, in order that I might win the weak. So to the weak I became as weak. I adapted myself to their weakness uh, in order to win them. I have become all things to all men. So with every type, with every kind, I tried to win them. I adapted myself. I made all things to all men. But while in, in doing all of this, I never compromised the law of Christ. That's why he made it very clear in, in verse 21, not being without law toward God. So he never compromised the law of Christ. So while steadfastly keeping the law of Christ, he adapted himself to all men in hope of gaining all of them to Christ. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Save some. He didn't say save all because some people will refuse uh, to accept Christ. Verse 23, now this I do for the gospel's sake. What I'm doing, I'm doing it not for my own sake. I'm not going to benefit anything. Actually, I'm giving up my rights. I'm giving up my freedom. I became servant to all men for the gospel of Christ. So the question, are we willing to do the same? To what extent we are willing to give up our rights and our freedom in order to win people for Christ. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Partaker of what? Partaker of the blessings promised at the second coming of Christ. So if I give, I give up my rights, he started by the question, what's my reward then? In verse 18, what is my, is my reward then? The answer here in verse 23 that I may be partaker of it with you. 
that I may be partaker of the blessings that Christ promised for those who preach his gospel uh, in his second coming. So, St. Paul is saying, giving up my rights, number one, will benefit uh, the promotion of the gospel. Number two, will help in winning the people to Christ. And number three, it will help me myself to be qualified for salvation. So actually St. Paul is saying self-denial and self-restraint and self-control has three, benef three benefits. Number one, it will help the promotion of the word of God. Number two, it helps uh, winning people to Christ. Number three, it will help the person himself who exercises self-denial and self-control as we read from verse 24 to 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race or run but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it. After St. Paul spoke about self-denial in, or, in order to secure the success of the gospel, now he is saying, actually, you should not spare any effort in order to win the crown. And in Corinth, the people there were very familiar with races in the stadium. So he gives them example from their daily life. He told them, those who run uh, in, in race, not all the people who are running actually receive the crown, receive the prize. Only one, the foremost, receives the prize. That's why here there is, there is a lesson for us. We need to run in such a way like we are running in race that we may obtain the, cry, uh, the, the, the crown, we may obtain the prize. In other words, do better than all others if possible. Do better than all others if possible. Unfortunately, some people actually, when they see some people who are lazy or whatever, they want to uh, simulate them. Let me just give you an example. If, so, if, you, if somebody heard that Abuna gave absolution to a certain person to fast two weeks or three weeks, maybe, uh, sorry, to break the fast for two or three weeks, maybe they will come and will Abuna, why you did not allow me not to fast like this person? But here St. Paul is saying we have to think actually totally the opposite. Like running in a race. Running in a race, you are not comparing yourself with the last person. But actually, you are comparing yourself and you are competing with the foremost person. That's why he said, run in such a way. You need to do better than all in order to obtain the, the prize, the crown. That's why like in a competition, verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize 
is temperate in all things. Temperate means he exercises self-control. You cannot compete while not exercising self-control. Uh, he is temperate in all things. So, if you want to obtain the heavenly crown, the heavenly prize, you need to exercise self-control, self-restraint, self-denial. Uh, everyone who strives in the games for the prize pursues a course of self-control and exercises himself very systematically. We should do the same. That's why fasting, for example, is exercise. If you want to obtain the heavenly crown, then actually you need to start fasting. And you discipline yourself in fasting. But if you take it lightly, then you are not competing. Then actually, as St. Paul said, maybe you will not be qualified. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. Actually, all this effort, the football players and the basketball players, all those uh, sport players, they do all this effort for a corruptible crown, perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. If you see their training, sometimes it's very, very tough training, and they have to be on a special diet, etc. In order to win what? To win uh, something that w w will go away. So, shouldn't we train ourselves and exercise self-control for uh, the crown that will never fade, as St. Peter said in his first letter, chapter, four, uh, chapter 5, verse 4? We will receive incorruptible, imperishable crown. That's why St. Paul is telling us how he runs, how he competes. He said, verse 26, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Means what? Not with uncertainty. He has a goal, a defined goal before him, the heavenly ground. So he's not just running, not knowing why he is running, or which goal he is trying to achieve. No, the goal is very clear. In the same way when we fast, when we pray, when we run and when we do all these spiritual exercises, the goal should be very, very clear. Not as one who had no definite goal before him, but who should have a very definite goal. His eyes were fixed upon the heavenly prize. Thus I fight. Now, he t after taking the example of a runner, he took the example of boxer. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. So, as boxer, I'm not striking the air instead of my competitor. No, I know my goal. I know where to direct my blows. Actually, in verse 27, he will tell us where he is directing his blows as a boxer. I'm not beating the air. But what are you beating, St. Paul? He said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So he knows that the body wars against the spirit. So as a boxer, he is blowing 
as if he's blowing his body, he's controlling his body by exercising self-control and self-denial for Christ. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Bring it into subjection means I am not the slave of my body, but I am the master of the body. The body is my servant, not I am the servant of the body. My spirit controls the body, not that my body controls my spirit. I discipline my body and bring it in subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So he's saying, not only I'm exercising self-denial to preach to others and to secure success of the gospel, but also for my own sake, lest I myself should become disqualified, should become refused from the prize of the crown, should be rejected from the eternal kingdom. So, in this chapter, St. Paul explained to us how important to exercise self-denial, to give up some of our rights, in fasting, actually, we are giving our right to eat and drink. Nothing wrong in eating and drinking. But we are giving up this right. Why we are giving up this right? Number one, in order to help us in promoting the gospel. Number two, in order to win everybody for Christ. Number three, so that I myself should not be uh, disqualified. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Anybody has a question about chapter 9? After <coughs> this great uh, exegesis and commentary on this chapter, <coughs> there are uh, some questions, few questions, and the answer of these questions will be very easy if you followed uh, the discussion with Sayyidna and the commentary that Sayyidna gave us this night. And there is a microphone in this side and in, this, in that side. Just raise your hand and answer uh, the question. And you have the questions in Arabic and in English, and it is displayed here on the screen. Very easy to uh, follow. <coughs> the first question, why did St. Paul have to defend his apostleship to the Corinthians? Mention some verses regarding this. Why did St. Paul have to defend his apostleship to defend his apostleship to the Corinthians. Why? Sayyidina referred to it and it is very known for the epistles of the Corinthians. The people tried to do what? They were questioning Paul. Open, open, open the mic. The Corinthians were questioning Paul's authority and rights as, as an apostle. So Paul gave his credential, so he actually saw and talked with the resurrected Christ. He walked him to, you know, he called him to be an apostle. That's great. The uh, people, the Corinthian questioned his apostleship and his authority, as Sayyidina explained. So he has to defend his apostles. 
and you mentioned on verses about his apostleship right and is no less than any of the other disciples the second question why did St. Paul not use the rights and his freedom his rights and his freedom as an apostle to the Lord we, have, we, have, we need also to hear some examples of these rights and say and explain this clearly محتاجين لبعض الأمثلة عن الحقوق اللي كان بولس الرسول بيتنازل عنها كرسول المسيح Easy questions if you heard there and don't, uh, don't shy up just to try Who is Shani? Denise Um, for the promotion of the gospel to win people to Christ and to help himself <laughs> yeah you are so smart this is what Sayyidina said exactly the three main points why did St. Paul exercise self-control and self-denial to pro- for the promotion of the gospel to win the people as people as many as possible and for himself also to be qualified for the great reward or for the kingdom of heaven uh, the third question those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel this is verse 14 that Satan explained right now Why do, what does this mean do you remember a verse said by Christ regarding this Satan also said this verse so we need what is the meaning of the verse those who preach the gospel live from the gospel and will verse said by Christ about that والآية اللي قالها المسيح بهذا المعنى ما لو ما جبتوش وما خدتوش بالكم من المحاضرة I think I remember was it in Matthew? Matthew Matthew chapter 10 4 Matthew chapter 10 10 verse 10 chapter 10 verse 10 very good which is it says when Jesus said and remain in the, in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborers is worthy of his wages the laborer is, uh, this is a verse we are talking about yes that's great <coughs> uh, the fourth question wow is me if I do not preach the gospel St. Paul said that in verse 16 how can I apply this verse in my life why lonely in kuntala obashir I أنفذ الآية دي أو إنا دوري في فيما يتعلق بهذه الآية اللي قالها بولس الرسول. Wow is me or wow to me if I do not preach the gospel. What's my responsibility here as Christian? Very easy. The main side. I think it means to live by the gospel in your life. Uh, so it's saying woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, meaning you live it so that you're preaching it as you as you go through your life. Yeah, that's good. You live it, so you be an example for the others. You show them the good example of following the gospel and, fo- and uh, uh, practicing the commandments of the gospel, even if you do not preach, just by the good example, being a light to the world and soul to the earth. This will uh, promote the gospel. Very good. That means that you give a much and this is what they hear on the gospel. I said it already. To, to, to believe, to... 
You live on what you live. You eat. Yeah, to live, to eat and understand and live what you learn and what you listen to. <coughs> uh, two, uh, we can join two, uh, two questions together, five and seven. Uh, Solomon Rice said in Proverbs 11:30, "And he who wins souls is wise." We need to apply this uh, this verse to Saint Paul according to this chapter. He who wins the souls is wise. And this goes also with, uh, with uh, question number seven: "I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some." How can we understand this? This is direct application to what you heard, and if you read the chapter, it is very clear. Go ahead. Merna. In verse 19, he said, I am free to all, right? But I have made myself as, an, as a servant so that I may win all. So, like he said, I became a Jew to the Jews and weak to the weak. Yeah, yeah. What, what does uh, this, what is the wisdom here? Well, he's giving up his rights, so like he's not, so his brothers like don't fall into temptation. He's, uh, you know, being uh, being all things to all people means find the best way to approach these people, to get to their heart, to get their attention, to get them to follow Christ, not to compromise his values or compromise, you know, the principles as Sayyid said, no. The way to approach people, for example, the Jewish people believes in the law of the Old Testament. He, he can get to the Jewish people, explain to them the prophecies and how it was, it was fulfilled in Christ Jesus Christ, and so on. So this is the kind of wisdom St. Paul was talking about, how to reach and to preach to each person the way which attracts him and get his heart to believe in Christ. Very good. Uh, question number six What's the meaning of the word the gospel In St. Paul writings in general He What's the meaning of the word the gospel Here in the epistles Preaching The joyful news of salvation This is the meaning of the word The literal meaning of the word the gospel is a joyful news of salvation. But the gospel meaning written book this came on later and the gospel was not available to everybody at that time. That's good. Uh, question number eight. The last verses from 25 to 24, 27, St. Paul says that we have to run the race and fight for prize. How can we Concile, reconcile this with what he said in Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 for by grace you have been saved not by works how will compromise the both, both things he say, he's talking about running the race you know as Sayyidina explained disciplining his body being temperate in everything while in Ephesians he said we are saved by faith not by works how can we get these two principles together understand them in the right concept hmm? الأيدي طبعا تعرفينها بالعربي اللي بيجي بي 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 بيتسابقوا في الريس واحد بس اللي هاخد البرايز so we have لازم نجري 
في السبع ده عشان الجعالة السماوية والآية الأخيرة اللي قالها أقمع جسدي وأستعبده وقال الذي يجاهد يضبط نفسه في كل شيء مع أنه في أفسس بيقول بالإيمان خالصتم ليس منكم لا بأعمال لا لا يفتخر أحد How can we compromise both? Because although like we can strive to win open the prize, it, okay. Although we can strive to win the prize and we can work as hard as um, we can work very hard, it's still not sufficient to receive um, the crown. So it's only by God's grace that He will allow us to do that. Yeah. So faith working with love, as Saint Paul right. said, as uh, His Holiness Pope Shenouda said one time. Works alone do not save us, but we cannot be saved without works. So, and Sayyidina will explain this in more details tomorrow in his uh, sermon to the servants. So we need both. The main job is by faith in Christ, because whatever we can do, we will never attain anything. مهما عملنا مش هنستحق خلاص المسيح. لكن مع ذلك المسيح دانا خلاص مجاني محتاجين نسعى. ونجاهد ونتعب عشان نحافظ على هذا خلاص ونتمتع بيه. The last question Is it possible that St. Paul himself or any other Christian believer might be disqualified? وفي الآية الأخيرة قال لعلي أنا أصير أنا نفسي مرفوضا. هل ممكن كان سان بول يبقى مرفوض أو حد آمن بالمسيح وبعد كده يرفض؟ ولا لا؟ Because one of the principles we healed these days for a long time now, once saved, you ever saved, will the believers be able to help you? Can it be? Based on the words of the Prophet? No. No. No what? No. I'm saying here. I'm, I'm just answering the question. <laughs> when Paul says he might be disqualified, he didn't mean that he, could, you know, that he could lose his salvation, but rather he could lose his privilege of telling others about Christ. So that's, you know. Another example. St. Paul has many disciples that strayed away from grace and from preaching and they became enemies of the gospel of Christ. And he mentioned them in Philippians. And he mentioned also Demas in his second epistle to Timothy, who was one of his disciples. But he went to another place because he loved this world. So, if I believe in Christ, I have to keep this privilege and work for it, otherwise I might lose it. And Christ himself said, you know, they will come from the east and the west and stay in the bosom of Abraham, while the children of the kingdom themselves may be disqualified. It is, it's possible. That's why we have to run the race till the end. So it is possible. What we, as we understand from this epistle, it is possible if we don't compete to the end, as St. Paul said in his last epistle to Timothy, finally, the crown of righteousness is laid up for me in heaven. I didn't get it. It is laid for me up in heaven. I will get it from the Lord in that day, the last day. So we have to fight and run and be temperate to the end to be qualified. So this is the point of uh, this question. Thank you and thank you Sayyidina for this inspiring uh, sermon uh, and this great uh, commentary on the Bible.
من الليل يا ذكسابت لك